Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. Thank you for joining us on this new episode of season three of Bring Up Creativity. I am your host, Daniela Bonte, and I am a full-time entrepreneur and the lead graphic designer of my Toronto graphic design studio, Daniela Bonte Designs. I'm on a mission to inspire creatives like yourself to pursue your creative dreams one podcast episode at a time. Whether you're new here or an avid listener, I'm incredibly happy you're here, and I'm really excited about today's all-new episode. I am so excited to introduce our guest, Kayla McManus, a certified Pilates instructor, wellness enthusiast, and founder of the KM Method, an online Pilates platform. She shares her passion for exercise, healthy, holistic living, nutrition, self-love, and Pilates expertise with her clients and community. Her mission is to empower and educate you to connect to your body through movement to feel your best. She connects deeply with her clients and audience, inspiring them to fall in love with exercise and a healthy way of living. Her passionate personality and enthusiastic attitude are at the forefront of everything she shares and does. Hi, Kayla. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I am really excited to have you on today just because I feel like there's so many amazing benefits to Pilates. And truly, I have a lot to learn when it comes to this exercise. And I feel like it has serious benefits, not only on our physical well-being, but for our mental well-being, which in part then helps our creativity. So I'm really excited to cover this topic today with you because I feel like you're the expert in this and you're amazing. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, truly. And everything you just said, I was just nodding my head. I was like, it's physical, but it's mental. The mental helps the creativity. We'll we'll get into it, but like it is truly the most magical way to move your body. And yeah, I'm really excited to share it with you and your audience. So thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. And funny enough, I just discovered it like a few months back and it's life-changing. And it's great that you can do it from home and absolutely anywhere. That is the bonus of it. So you truly can't miss a day if you start to feel like it's such a great part of your routine. Yep. But before we dig in and we get into this, I have to ask you, what's your go-to coffee or tea order? or What are you making at home? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay. So I am a matcha girl through and through. I love my matcha. I used to be team coffee, but after a lot of up and down health journey things, which we may touch on, my adrenal glands just could not do caffeine. Yeah. So I switched to matcha. It is my go-to girl. It's a it's a love story. So I go to a coffee shop here in Toronto called Nut Bar far too frequently. Me and the baristas are best friends. I love that for you. I know. Same. It's honestly, it's too much, but I'm also like, this is one of the highlights of my day. So my order there is a super matcha and it's matcha with their like house blended nut milk. So it doesn't have any like oils or fillers or added sugar. It's just almond, oat, and coconut, like blended. It's so good. They add coconut oil, honey, and that's it. And honestly, I make the same thing when I'm at home. I'll buy their nut milk and then I'll just do like my peak matcha, nut milk, some monk fruit sweetener, blend it all up. That's the key to matcha. I actually get that question a lot because I'll post on Instagram like pictures of it and it's so frothy. It is. And everyone's like, how do you do this? You blend it. That's brilliant. 
It's brilliant. It looks like it's a little bit, I'm this crazy barista, but I'm like, you put it all in a blender, blend it up, put it in your mug. So yeah, long-winded way of saying matcha through and through. I know, so many amazing things. First of all, I love matcha. I could drink it hot or cold. It's so great. And I like how it also doesn't feel like too harsh on your stomach or your, or if it's like really early in the morning, I do find sometimes coffee can be a little heavy. Yeah. So it's a great either afternoon drink or it's a great morning drink and you don't feel dehydrated. You don't get the symptoms from it, especially like you said, like sometimes there's health side effects or that come with drinking from coffee. Mine's anxiety. Do I still drink coffee? Yeah. Probably shouldn't. Um, but like love matcha in all different forms, especially even just during the summer. I find it so refreshing. Oh, it's so great. I know. No, I want a matcha. I, I do too now, honestly, because like like I told you, I'm a little under the weather and I don't know about you, but like I don't know if I want to have something like so like so much caffeine. I've never felt like I have when I'm drinking matcha a decline in energy where it kind of just, you feel it so abruptly. Um, It just feels a lot more of an easier transition and you don't feel that way. You don't feel any decline that from, from drinking it. It's amazing. I love that. I love that you have a cafe with my move. I truly haven't been able to find anything besides Starbucks. And it's so unfortunate because I miss Toronto and being able to just Mm -hmm. walk to a cafe Mm -hmm. by you because that was seriously a highlight. And it still is a highlight of your day when you can just go experience it, see some people that you know. And like you said, like they've come to love you. It's such a great experience and a part of like a routine after at the end of the day. And it sounds like the matcha you make at home sounds just as good. Yeah. The honestly, if you can get your hands on the milk and just make it at home, then you're saving yourself money. And you're still getting the best matcha. But yeah, that is that is my order. Oh, I love that. I want to go back in time a little bit with you. So tell me about yourself and where you started out and how it led you to be where you are today. Yes, definitely. It was not always here. So I grew up as a competitive ski racer. Oh, wow. From the time of like 10 until 17, I ski raced quite competitively. The bulk of that, I would say, was like grade eight to grade 11. So I'd always grown up around pretty competitive, intense sport. With that comes dry land training. So like a lot of vigorous exercise, high intensity exercise. It also comes with very high levels of stress and competitiveness Ski racing is an individual sport, which I don't know if you have any like connection to individual sport, but it's quite different than team sports. Definitely. I've never really felt that team, like you're on a team, but then as soon as it's race day, it's really like every person for their own. Yeah. So I would say I grew up in a very high stress environment and just like even at home, my parents, we were in every activity under the sun. Like we were just like soccer, dance, ski, like just doing all of the things. And that was really all I knew. And then I quit ski racing going into grade 12 because I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's no longer enjoyable. There's really not a lot of money in the sport, like unless you have big sponsorships. So I was like, I'm going to go to university and so I quit ski racing that summer, went on like my party girl phase. We were out, we were having late night food, we were drinking, we were partying. Like I just really swung to the complete opposite end of the spectrum as an act of rebellion, really. Like 
this is all so subconscious. I wouldn't have been able to say this to you at the time, but looking back on it, it was me being like, I no longer have to be in this like rigid box of competitiveness and sports and all of that. So I was like, we're going to let loose and so fun, no regrets. But as a result of quote unquote, letting loose, my health also slipped by the wayside. And I was just feeling, I remember at the end of the summer, it's like such a distinct memory in my mind. It was kind of like my turning point. I believe everyone has that point where they're like, okay, something has to change. So I was on a trip with a girlfriend and I was like, I feel horrible. Like I don't look the way I want to look. I feel like my brain fog is really bad and I was bloated and just like all of the things that we don't want to feel. And this was the time of Tumblr. I'm not that old, but I'm kind of aging myself. And I was on Tumblr and I I was like, (laughs) how do you, like, how do you work out in a fun way? Like I, I had only known beep tests and like really intense training that I just didn't want to go back to. So I found yoga and I got like super into yoga. I joined a hot yoga studio. I was on Tumblr every day, like looking for recipes and how to grocery shop. Like I was really trying to teach myself how to be healthy. And that was like a year long journey where I really just nose dived into everything health and wellness. Again, looking back now, it was definitely more on the like orthorexic side of the spectrum and like very obsessive going to the gym for two and a half hours and then going to a yoga class and then restricting my calories, like eating a hundred calorie snack pack. So I hope a lot of girls are listening and they're like, mm-hmm, yep, was there because. Oh, I was too. Yeah. It was that era of that's what health and wellness was. So that was like two years of my life. I looked incredible. I felt good for the first little bit. And then it just became like pretty unhealthy mentally. So that was kind of grade 11-ish, grade 12. Went away to university. It's when I started dating my now boyfriend. It was my first like real relationship. And I was like, I think I should go on birth control because like I've never been in a long-term relationship went on birth control and got like severely depressed, like lost all motivation to work out, to eat healthy. Like it was so dark. And I don't know, I just kind of like lost myself for a year. This was the first year of university. Gained weight from being on birth control, got acne. Like I I felt like I was back to where I was when I started getting into health and wellness. Yeah. And the only... I don't know why. I guess I kind of turned to yoga, but the only thing I really knew what to turn to was like high intensity. So then this was the time of BBG. I don't know if you remember BBG, the Kayla, it's, I don't know how to say her last name, but those workout guides. Yes. So I started doing that and I went back into doing like the hour of cardio, hour of strength, 25 minutes of hit. And it was just too much. Like it was so much that my body was like, you can't keep doing this. Like you have to stop. Around this time, podcasts were coming out actually, which this was like 20, maybe 15. No one knew what a podcast was. And I started 
listening to health and wellness podcasts and learning about hormones and learning about gut health and learning about the benefits of low impact movement and learning about your nervous system. Like these were words I had never heard. We weren't taught it. No. We were not taught it. We had to literally rely on these things. It's crazy. It's crazy. The power of podcasting, like I have so much respect for you because it's my favorite medium. I think it is such a beautiful way to absorb information. So I I was just like, I felt like my eyes had been opened. I was like, whoa, what is this world? Like, and I was just so interested in it. Having a sports background, like it was always kind of in me, but it had been such a disordered way that I went about it. Yeah. So I was like, I want to do this the right way. Got my personal training certification because I was like, I think I can actually help people like in a healthy way that's not, you can only do this to see results. At the time, I also, this was when I graduated, I went to school for nutrition. So I kind of like wanted to teach myself how to do all of these things these people were talking about and like educate myself on absolutely and the nervous system. And that kind of was my progression into teaching at a studio. So I taught at LaGree, if people are familiar with that. It's a mega former studio for about five years. And doing my first Pilates or LaGree class, I was like, this is everything I've been looking for. Like truly, it had the, I don't know if you've ever taken a class, but it had the high intensity, Yep. but it was low impact. And I had, I didn't even know that existed. So I just started going as a client, like all the time. And all the instructors were like, I really think you need to get certified because you have your personal training background. Like you're in this world. So yeah, I got certified, taught there. As I was there, I'm just like a very big education geek, I guess. So I was like, I just want more. Like I need to know more about the body and why we're doing this. So I did my traditional Pilates certification. This was kind of 2019, 2020. As the story goes, COVID happened. The studio sadly shut down permanently. Oh, man. But I had, during that time, a lot of people just reach out to me and they're like, what are you doing? Are you seeing clients? Like, I don't know what to do. I want to feel supported. And I think no one really knew what they were doing. So I was like, sure, I guess we can Zoom and we'll do sessions. And it kind of started like that and snowballed. Interesting. Interesting. And snowballed until I had this like full schedule, busier than I was when I was at a studio working for myself. And I, both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I had always wanted to work for myself and that had been my plan. I just didn't know when that was going to happen. And it really just happened like pretty naturally. There's a lot in between that happened, which we can definitely go into, but yeah, that's how it happened. And then the, Demand was higher than the supply, so I launched the app, which is the online studio that has all the pre-recorded classes. And almost three years later, I can't believe it's March 2023, here we are running a full business as a result of all of that. A full circle moment, truly. In the last few years, email marketing has transformed the way we can reach an audience in a personalized way to increase sales and our relationships within our community. Proven buyers or potential buyers appreciate being kept up to date with the latest products and promos. But I'll admit, I am really picky when it comes to designing or sending out emails. I want a platform that makes it easy for me 
It allows me to customize the design so it stands out and is beautiful to look at. I've experienced more traction in my email list and sales through using Flowdesk for my email marketing. Flowdesk is for beginners and experts to send emails people love to get, to create high converting checkout pages, and grow their business all in one place. We're offering all of our listeners a special promo code to get 50% off your first year using Flowdesk. Check and use the link in our show notes to transform your email marketing and reach your conversion goals. With all of those bumps that you kind of encountered throughout your adolescence and then into your early adult years, and then here you are, you know, the pattern I see all the time and is actually so motivating and inspiring to hear about is that people go through all of these bumps and in the moment it is so hard and mentally we can't even sometimes envision ourselves in these bigger positions because we're so encaptured and our mind is just stuck in this phase of feeling stuck mm-hmm. that you would never have envisioned yourself here in this position and that you are in now. But now that you are in this position, you can look back and think, okay, you know what? Maybe all of those unfortunate downfalls were meant to happen because perhaps your business wouldn't have unfolded as naturally as it has. And I know we tend to look frowned upon with the pandemic and everything that happened, but I actually saw a lot of progression and boom for a lot of different types of businesses. And I could see yours truly being one because I fell off my fitness journey during the pandemic. Gyms are closing. That's what I relied on. And I found it really hard to stay motivated and care about my physical health when I was stuck at home and couldn't even leave to go pick up some celery at a grocery store. Like it was like impossible for me to stay motivated. So I could totally see how with the pandemic, you are having so many people come to you for help with their physical health. And then you thought, oh my God, I am one person. How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And so then born the KM method and people can do it from home and it's genius and it helps people stay on track of their goals without sometimes some people are nervous to go in person and they prefer to be at home and do it from home. So it's like you have a lot of these different outlets that help people with different goals. So it's really cool that you've been able to offer people who need different things, whether whatever their comfort comfort zone is, you can you can appeal to them. In terms of the listeners, I know what Pilates is. I fell into it a few months ago. I love the heck out of it. But how would you define Pilates and what are like the common benefits you see from your own clients or just in general from it? Mm, that is such a great question. So Pilates is a low impact workout and it's effective at strengthening your muscles. It helps build muscular endurance. There's really, I say this all the time, there's no thing that Pilates can't help. Like it is wild. It is whole body fitness. It is for everyone, like every single body. I have clients who are 23 and I have clients who are men in their 60s. Like it is for everybody. It strengthens your muscles, it helps with endurance, it helps with flexibility, core strength, which I think is a big pillar when people think about Pilates is always front and center. Oh my gosh, it improves your posture, it improves your energy because I have nothing against high impact movement, but I think we can all think back to like a high impact workout that actually left us feeling more depleted energy wise 100%. versus energized. And I don't know if it's like me and I just attract a very like high performing kind of entrepreneur type A person. And I say to people, if that's the life that you live, your exercise actually shouldn't match that. 
because it's too much. Like your nervous system and your body can't handle that stress all the time. Of course, there's factors to like think about where you are in your cycle. If you're a woman and you have that energy and you want to build, but there needs to be like balance. There needs to be yin and yang in your movement. So yeah, those are kind of the benefits of Pilates, but it's so funny. I, I never like to give a definition of what it is. I usually ask people, what do you know about it? Because then from there, I can kind of tailor my answer based on what they know. Yeah. Because some people are like, oh, it's like yoga or, oh, or it's uh, a core exercise. I'm like, it's really all of it. But if you break it down, it's specific exercises that focus on mobility, stability, and strength. So in every single exercise, we're doing something with that intention in mind I also look at certain joints that need more mobility versus stability. So for example, like I'm a Pilates instructor, but I'm also at my desk eight hours a day. So if my upper back is not moving, like we want to bring mobility into your upper back. Whereas if your hips are just staying a certain point, we actually want to mobilize your hip. So I think of the joints and then I put exercises that work with my desired outcome. I hope that was a good kind of definition. No, it's a great definition and it makes complete sense, right? For anybody of any level that's tuning in. And it's kind of funny, but it's not. Um, So the way I fell into Pilates was because I was in those high impact workouts. And I will generally say, because I run multiple businesses, I am a type A personality. I expect my success level to be at, um, if we're going to put on a scale of one to 10, I expect it to be at a 10 out of 10 all the time. Amen. And then, so everything, all of my energy goes into that. So when you actually said to that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. And I was really stressed out when I was putting so much pressure on myself for cal intake, how much I'm lifting, making sure my muscle mass is growing and it's not shrinking. Am I having enough protein? I was freaking out 24 Mm seven and it got to the point where I was so stressed out. Mm -hmm. I, uh, to the girls listening to the guys, I'm so sorry, but what ended up happening is I was lifting so heavy that I was inducing a period on myself for no reason. Yeah. I was spotting blood because I was lifting so heavy. It was, yeah, it was really bad. And it might've just been also as well on top of it, my, my high stress levels. Yeah. So I realized I need to kind of actually take this back a bit and I need to reprioritize how I'm viewing fitness Mm. and it doesn't need to be, I need to be the biggest muscle person that you could possibly, you know, every, every girl has their own bodily goal in mind. Yeah. The one I was seeking required lifting really, really heavy, and it actually wasn't great for my body type or my mental health. So I actually had to take a step back and realize what's actually going to be more beneficial for my brain, where I'm not so hard on myself, and I'm also not being hard on my body, because clearly my body can't handle what my brain thinks it can, and I wasn't listening to both of them. I'm ignoring both. So I actually had to revert and try out new things and new outlets, and Pilates was one of them, because I've never walked out of a workout feeling like I'm more stressed than how I was or my body feels like it can't even move afterwards. Like I feel more energetic to finish my day. Let's say if I, if I do it in the morning, I actually feel more energized throughout the day versus working out at a gym, working out heavily with massive weights and then coming home and then having to do my work and thinking I'm exhausted. So yeah, like you said, it, it really, I agree with it because I went through it as well. Now, some people 
wonder how they can integrate Pilates into their lifestyle. Do you think it's like an easy progression for people to allow Pilates to become a part of their routine? Or do you say it takes some work to figure out what works for you and creating a routine with Pilates? I would say it's quite easy to integrate. Now, like I said, I also, I just want to say I'm really proud of you for getting to that point. I didn't have a period for 10 years. And that was actually like a very big determining factor of me being like, something is not right. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like this is, this is not normal. And I think I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, but everyone gets that point. I've had a couple (laughs) where you're like, uh, something's off. Yes. Something needs to change. So I'm really proud of you for kind of recognizing that. I'm proud of you and, too. <laughs> yeah. But it was probably hard to integrate it. And especially just listening to the type of person you are. And I know how like driven and motivated you are in all the companies that you run. It does take a little bit of unlearning, especially if you've been doing a certain form of exercise. So that would be my only, only, only obstacle for people integrating it into their routine is if you're used to a certain way of moving that is super intense, super, yeah, just takes a lot out of you and you do something on the, the complete opposite end of the spectrum, it almost feels like it's not working or it's not effective and you have to keep doing that other thing to get results. Mm, I see what you're saying. So that would be the only maybe like mental obstacle of unlearning, I don't know, just like things you've been doing or things that you've been fed because I don't really like to shift things to like weight and how you look, but it is some people's goals. When I stopped doing high intensity exercise, like I'm the leanest I've ever been. And it's, I do like the least. I work out very effectively and I work out properly. And as a result, my body's like, okay, amazing. I also fuel it. I eat enough. When you're not eating enough, your body holds on. And then you're trying to build muscle. So sorry, I'm on a tangent. No, but that's all true though. Yeah, that would be the only obstacle is if you have a certain way of thinking, it might take a little bit of time. So with that, I would say just integrate it into your routine. Like do, say you have, um, I don't know, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday split, do like a Tuesday and a weekend of low impact exercise, whether that's a walk one day and then a mat class and feel it out. Like if you like to go to a studio, maybe try and find a studio in your area. If you want to do YouTube, like I have a couple classes on YouTube, do a couple classes on YouTube and see if you like it. Do a free trial of someone's app or online studio and see if you like it. But there's a quote that Joseph Pilates says, in 10 sessions, you'll feel the difference. In 20 sessions, you'll see the difference. And in 30 sessions, you'll have a completely new body. So you have to give yourself that time. It's not a... Yeah, it's definitely a long-term strategy and consistency is key. It's not the sexy thing people want to hear. But yeah, that would be the only obstacle. And I would just say our intuition is so strong. So if you're getting pings, that's what I call them, like little like things coming to you, follow them. And we ignore them a lot sometimes too. But I feel like if we're feeling that, that way, there's a reason. Yeah. And even if we choose to neglect it now, it's going to come back again. Totally. And it'll come back bigger. 
Exactly. You've suppressed it for so long. Mm-hmm. So that's a really great way of saying that actually it's it's more of like a mindset. You have to shift into a mindset and you can be hurting yourself in the very beginning. And it all depends on the background that somebody's coming from. Now, I know people that have actually started Pilates because actually they it wasn't even that they had a bodily goal. It was actually a mental goal. And mm-hmm. as we kind of talked about briefly, we know that Pilates helps people's mindset and to feel I don't know, it releases like dopamine and endorphins. It allows you to feel happy and content. Mm-hmm. And I know you agree with that. So with that being said, at least speaking for myself again, I can say that like through this type of a movement and this type of a low impact exercise, I feel more creative on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Like I said, I don't feel as tired. I feel mm-hmm. rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. So for that being said, when it comes down to people enrolling in Pilates and they're looking for more so of like, the positivity that comes through and a more positive mindset, what kind of advice would you give them? Or what is your your take on how Pilates impacts mental mental health? Okay, so you cannot be effective in Pilates if you're not present. Like it just can't happen. There's so many things that you have to think about, whether it be your breath, your core connection, the positioning of your body in a certain exercise. So it is true mind-body workout. Like one can't happen without the other. Yeah. And I'm sure you've been in a class where your brain starts to wander to like your to-do list or emails or whatever. Absolutely. And then you come back and you're like, <laughs> guilty. Wait, what are we doing? What yeah. just happened? Whereas if you're just doing like a bicep curl or like a shoulder press, you can kind of get away with it and not be very like in the moment. But if you're doing like I don't know, a core variation. You just have to be present. So it connects you to your body so deeply and then it connects you to your mind. And when you start to have that relationship between your mind and your body, you get more connected to yourself and you go from being like disconnected and trying to escape to actually being connected, I don't know, to your body. And yeah, it's controlled, it's slow So you don't feel like stressed or rushed as you're moving through it. And then you start to kind of view the exercise as a form of self-care, which then starts to positively impact your mental state. And I truly just think because it doesn't deplete you, but instead it energizes you and enhances your life, you start to feel more confident in your body. When you're consistent, you see improvements in certain exercises and that starts to kind of, I don't know, you just start to find a little bit of confidence in yourself and what you're capable of doing. So, oh, it's so hard to put into words. I'm like, it's just that feeling of like, when you know, you know. Yeah. Again, another gut instinct. It's like we can feel it negatively. We can get gut instincts that are negative and then we can get gut instincts that feel great. And I do like how you said it's, it's a connection, it's mind and body. And without that connection, you're probably missing either or. And where do you find the gap? Well, you kind of have to figure it out. And that's the, that's the hardest part, actually, I would say about Pilates. Like, yes, it's nerve wracking the first time you do it because you don't know what you're doing. And you're like, oh, my God, everyone looks so like if you do a class, like sometimes you get in your head and you're like, everyone looks so great. Wait, what am I doing? And you're like, yeah. like you said, it's easy to... Sure worry about what other people are doing or worry about what you have to do when you get home or worry about what you have to do tomorrow or, oh my God, did I get groceries? Oh my God, wait, no, I forgot to grab this. And you know, you think about everything. And I found that actually to be the hardest part was to quiet my brain, the voice in my brain and Mm -hmm. focus more so on what's happening in front of me and what I need to do to have that connection of 
muscle memory and being able to connect, okay, I need to stretch this certain way and I need to lift this certain way so I can feel the most, I don't know. I know we say it's low impact, but you do feel, if you're not doing the exercise properly, obviously you don't feel it the same way as when you're focusing on it and you realize this is what I have to do. And that's why having instructors and and coaches like you really do help out because there's there's someone there who's an expert and can really help you out. Yep. So yeah, like I would actually say that's probably that that is something I went through. It's going to be mm-hmm. something that a lot of people maybe go through because we yep. all need to learn how to shut off our brain sometimes and be able to focus on what's in front of us. Yeah. So no, I completely, I I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's completely relatable, even if it's hard to put into words. Sometimes it's just something mm-hmm. you have to experience totally. in order to be able to, yeah, talk about it. And at, again, you probably can't even talk about it. You just need to go and yeah. try it. And that's always whatever I say to people, I'm like, just go and try it. Like, I don't yeah. even know how to explain it to you. Just go and try it. Yep. And so meditative, that's what I would say. It's like, it's meditative movement. That's how I explain it to people. It's you, you just have to be present with your body. Like you can't, it's like meditating, but you're moving. So I, I mean, I love fitness for so many reasons, but because I do have such a busy mind and I am such a like that kind of person when I'm moving and I'm connecting to my body, it's when I feel the most calm. Yeah. And it's true you shouldn't really feel a certain way after your workout. Like you shouldn't leave a workout like with trembling hands or like your heart like palpitating or like that jittery feeling. Like you actually shouldn't feel like that after a workout. So if you just kind of feel like how you did before or better, that's great. That should be your goal. I'm glad you said that because sometimes people feel like they need to feel absolutely drained. Of course. And, and then they go home and say, oh, I just had the best workout when actually you don't need to feel that way to have a great yeah. workout. Yeah. So I'm actually really happy that you pointed that out. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I do want to talk about anything that the listeners look out for and where can they find you online? Ooh. Well, okay. Online, I have obviously Instagram. It's runs my life I've realized I'm trying to put really intense boundaries on your feet is gorgeous though I just have to like put that out there stunning so yeah I'm Kayla McManus on Instagram and then I'm also at the km.method on Instagram and we have our online studio so the online studio is a on-demand platform of pre-recorded workouts for everyone like really there's classes if you want to do something that is more on the high intensity side but still low impact there's posture correcting classes, there's core focus classes. So that is my little baby. There's a 14-day free trial. We'll also give you and your listeners a code so that they can get that extra little bit. So yeah, that is online. And then I'm really, really looking to do more in-person events this year. I think it's been three years of being very virtual, which I love and I'm so grateful for, but I do miss seeing people in person. Like I love that I can see you right now and it's just so special, like being able to connect with someone. So we're going to be planning some more in-person events. That's something you can look forward to. Um, I host a lot of like free challenges on the online studio. We're going to do another walking challenge in May, which you and I didn't even talk about walking, but that is like my other one true love besides Pilates. So yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty much where you can find me. That's the thing with podcast episodes. It's like, it is so hard truly to 
you know, be chatting with someone like you and trying to keep it within like 30 to 40. Do you understand how hard it is? Like if people, like if I wish sometimes that I could just like let episodes go on for like hours and hours because there's so much like, I don't even know. Like sometimes I just want to hear about like your personal life. Sometimes I just want to talk even more in depth, but I don't even know how to explain it, but like, it's so hard to keep it like compact within like 30 to 40 minutes. It's crazy. But to everybody listening, all the links to Kayla's accounts, social media, website, anything like that, um, the app will all be below in the show notes. And that little gift for that discount for her app will be below as well. So be sure to check it out because I know I will. And I'm really yeah. excited for your in-person events as well. I will be keeping yes. my eye out for that because I would love to do something like that because it's great to be able to have a community as well and meet people that are in the same mindset as you. Totally. Uh, I find that's so important. And again, it's another thing that you can like meet up with other people and women or individuals individuals that have similar experiences and you all have the same similar goals and I I love that you're doing that so I'll be keeping my out for that as well yay I love it thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to chat about what you do your story your navigations through life and how you've landed here and you're helping so many people Mm -hmm. so I just want to say thank you so much for opening up You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I cannot wait to see your listeners on the Instagrams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I love your feed and I love just engaging with it. And like, to be honest with you, I already have like a Pilates workout planned out tonight. It's not at a class. It's actually with you. So I will be doing that later today as well because it's it's needed. Like I told you, I wasn't feeling the best today, but I know that I I still need to do something for me. And so it'll be that. (laughs) well thank you so much for having me and thank you everyone for listening thank you for tuning into today's episode we're always brewing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you our team over here on brewing up creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity whether it be checking us out on instagram at bring up creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners if you're looking to join or sponsor an episode reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episode's show notes below. Thanks, creatives.